0: Cinema Spectacular Three: The Search for Spook, Volume Two. Uh, I'm your host, Aaron,
1: and I'm Cecily,
0: and we will be covering three movies in this spectacular. The recently released uh, Netflix horror film, *In the Tall Grass*. Then we'll be delving into a classic, *Sleepaway Camp*, uh, 1983's own *Sleepaway Camp*, uh, which has been r- hugely influential. It turns out on this season's of *American Horror Story*. And then finally, we will be considering Crawled 2019 alligator adjacent horror film.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I will say that I feel like we haven't really struck spook pay dirt yet.
1: No. And I'm hoping we, we, we get a little bit you know,
0: spine chilling on the next one.
1: No, I'm thinking that this year isn't exactly the same. So we talked about this in the first episode of Spooktacular that there are. Varying degrees of horror and sure. p- other people's definitions of horror. Sure. Um, I just don't think this year is a great year for horror, no matter what your definition is. I
0: don't know. I got because I know the one thing we're going to see before the next installment is midsomner. and I'm really hoping that brings the spook. Okay. Because I want I want my spine to be tingled at least once this year.
1: I don't if think not, it's going to do that.
0: If not, I'm hanging up my spook spine. What? When
1: you mean? when you say spine tingling you want some ghosts right no i what just want well, i want of? to be
0: creeped i want to be really creeped out mm-hmm. like like i want to feel like a conjuring creep i want to feel like a original paranormal activities creep so i want to feel like a witch demons? a witch creep a descent creep that doesn't have go- ghosts these
1: demons and witches
0: that's not you want what some i'm saying unknown supernatural force hey it, is my spine no, tingling? no don't get defensive i'm trying to spine put a tingling, point on it if my spine's tingling, that's that's what I want.
1: Because the listeners have the same thoughts, you know.
0: Oh well, that they want to be spine tingled too.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. That they want something more spine tingling. So, again, the definition is it psychological for you? Is it ghosty for you? Is it demons for you? You gotta. You gotta. You gotta define that for yourself, but we're gonna try to uh,
0: not tingling. We try to encompass all the things,
1: but we also don't, we can't say going into these movies that they're gonna be any of those things.
0: Before we continue to podcast, a little bit of bald move housekeeping. Last Friday, Netflix released Vince Gilligan directed and written El Camino, a little Breaking Bad epilogue for one Jesse Pinkman. As you probably know, we have every single second of Breaking Bad footage podcasted for posterity. So, you know, we had to gear up for one last ride with Jesse. That podcast dropped this Monday. So if you're jonesing for some of that old school Breaking Bad meth, give it a snort or smoke. You know, whatever. Over on Pickle Me This, we're hard on the Rick and Morty season three grind we release every Tuesday. This week, we're talking rest and Rick laxation with the author of The Science of Rick and Morty, Matt Brady. Check it out. The American Horror Story Season 9, 1984 season continues. Cecily and I are covering that. It's honestly on an epic, uh, unprecedented run of awesomeness. If you like 1980s slasher uh, films, if you have nostalgia for 80s horror, I really encourage you to check it out. The great thing about American Horror is you can just jump in whenever because it's all, uh, it's all an anthology. So if that sounds like a good time, check that out on the American Horror Story podcast feed. Jim and I are also breaking down the deuce David Simon's love letter to '70s and '80s pornography. Not really. Uh, it's it's like The Wires is love letter to the Baltimore drug trade. Uh, anyway, we're covering that final season. Every episode's released released on Wednesday. It's an amazing television show. Mr. Robot's coming back, coming back strong, and we've got the final season coverage with episodes also released on Wednesdays. On the Bald Movies feed, we're also covering Zombieland Two, Double Tap this week. And finally, we have a new feature. We just crossed a major milestone five years of lunches with Jim and Aaron for our club members. And to celebrate every Thursday, we're releasing a lunch out of that archive for free to the public, which we're calling Lunch with Jim and Aaron Reheated. If you've ever been curious about what a lunch is all about, check it out. Plus, it's a fun little window in Bald Move history. I used to have hair, kind of, on top of my head. I was trying. Uh, check that out in on uh, baldmove.com. I had a... Let's talk about In the Tall Grass because I had some minor spine tingling in this movie. Uh, this movie is... got a very interesting concept and it's got an incredible look. So the setup to this film is a brother and sister... A brother is helping his sister move across country to get away from her boyfriend so she can donate her baby to some couple i think right
1: we don't get that at first it's very vague whether or not they're brother and sister could be or yes yeah,
0: yeah. they're
1: lovers or she's gonna keep the baby in a new place or give the way give away the baby in a new place mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah
0: uh but they pull off to the side of the road and there's this big grass field on one side there's an old abandoned spooky church this
1: grass is it tall
0: i would say it's tall it's something you can get into it actually reminds mm. me a lot of of corn yes like, like working uh, uh like like going and detassling a corn like i i know exactly what it feels like to run through something like this
1: right you and i both grew up in the midwest mm-hmm. where we had lots of cornfields around us sure
0: did my backyard I, in fact was a cornfield
1: mine too so i went running through the corn many times it got sliced up it'll all cut over
0: you. it'll cut you uh, so so they...
1: we all know how terrifying it is for this like sharp thing, very tall. You can get lost so easily in just an open space. It's, mm-hmm. it's. I don't know, what's the opposite of agoraphobia? <laughs> no, 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 not agoraphobia. Just, A
0: cornophobia.
1: Yeah, cornophobia.
0: Agricultrophobia. There you go so they pull they they, they they pull off this lot one side of the road is this uh tall grass field the other side is a creepy church and they hear a little boy inside calling for help so they go in uh to the cornfield or to the, the grass field like you do they quickly kind of get lost and then they kind of call out to each other but they feel like that their positions keep shifting they're walking past each other so they get the idea that they'll on the count of three jump up and look around and they do that and they see each other and like 30 feet away then they repeat, the, the, they try to, they like, oh, okay. As they turn towards the direction, walk. They're like, it sounds like they walk past each other. Then they do one, two, three, jump. And it looks like they're 300 feet away. And they realize, oh shit, time and space don't mean anything in this grass patch. Mm-hmm. And that is the entire tension of the rest of the movie.
1: Yeah. Is it a time loop? Is it a traveling b- between space? which also is interconnected in time, you don't really know. I don't think we ever actually get an answer to that, except that at some point we realize that there are holes in space, but there are also repeating time loops where people, where they will be on this time loop and maybe they've repeated it for 50 years, maybe they've repeated it for 50 iterations, but not actual years it's it's one of those interesting time loops that i I can't quite figure out
0: yeah and if you want if this sounds interesting um I definitely recommend watching it because like um we're gonna spoil the shit out of it and i I don't know that us spoiling it will like explain the movie or make it make sense, but like a lot of the movie is trying it's it reminds me a lot of like triangle reminds me a lot of like the endless where it's like a lot of the movie is just trying to figure out what's going on so um why don't you come in with your mud theory? I didn't understand why you went I'm away just... from that.
1: Um, do you have more to say on the mud theory?
0: No, I just. but you haven't articulated it yet.
1: I have already said it. I'll just cut it up and make it better.
0: Uh, it'd flow better because like, I might have some things I want to talk about on top of it. Yeah.
1: Okay, so here's the thought I've had. When they actually step into the mud of that field, wherever the black rock's radius is, which might be the confines of that farmer's land, it seems to have some sort of quality that traps you, one. And two, doesn't move your dead body once it's dead. And not yours, anybody's dead body. It doesn't move dead things once they're dead. So those things are constants. But Is there what, anything to that?
0: I don't know. Cause like I didn't put that two and two together about the mud. I considered like the mud as like uh, cause I had this operating theory that the field was like a colony of some kind of carnivorous plant. And anytime you encountered a dead body in the field, like a family dog or a corpse, it was always surrounded by this kind of mud. And I, I saw that as like the field producing some kind of digestive juices but I don't think I revisited that theory because by the time we get to the end, there's an instance where like a whole series of corpses of a particular person are around. And like when when they established a rule that like when something dies, the field no longer moves it around. How does that apply when you've got like 50 versions of a body?
1: That spot of cornfield will always be outside of the bowling alley. <laughs> I mean, that's right. my that's my only thought. to reconcile it is just I've seen stories like the triangle like you mentioned earlier you can see the front bow of the boat is piled up with bodies
0: Mm -hmm. but that's a simple time loop it's like the same thing keeps happening over and over and over again and like this thing it's like that but different because each loop can have different knowledge and like so there's there's also this black stone that's at the middle of the field Mm -hmm. that has some kind of like uh uh alien or eldritch power And if you You... touch it, you get, like, all of the knowledge of the field and no longer do things, like, things aren't mysterious to you. Like, you can navigate right towards things where, like, if you haven't touched a stone, all you can do is know certain rules. Like, the field won't move a dead body. So, if you find a dead body, you can sit there and that will then be a fixed place in time that you can go back to. But that doesn't really make a lot of sense in, in the view of, like, having multiple iterations of a single body. So like like Patrick Wilson is in this film. There's 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 six characters as far as I can tell. You got the brother and sister. You've got the sister's lover. You've got the dad, the mom, and the little kid. Uh, mm-hmm. Patrick Wilson plays the dad, and he becomes co opted by the alien Black Stone in the middle almost immediately. And there's a scene where he runs down and chokes to death the brother and he mentions like this happens this this the all paths lead back to me and as he's strangling the guy he looks over and he can see just like endless arrays of his body where they've done this again and again and again and again. right and
1: tobin the little boy was the one who drew them in to begin with and for the second time i think Mm -hmm. uh becky the pregnant woman makes a phone call to herself in the past warning herself not to trust her brother cal
0: mm-hmm.
1: which never which i didn't think paid off
0: Mm-mm.
1: in that specific way because the person she should have warned herself not to trust sooner should have been any other people mm-hmm. tobin for example plus it doesn't the brother or i mean the father who was trying to kill everyone
0: mm-hmm. plus it doesn't really even hinge on anything like what what result what gets them out of the time loop is eventually her uh, boyfriend uh touches the stone and of his last vestiges of humanity uses his new fain new understanding of the field and his last vestiges of humanity to get the kid out of the field until it gives him the mission to like don't let my brother and sister go in here at all cost. And I think that means but
1: right. so he this sacrifices is a time himself loop, to stay there on the of But behalf he does it those he himself
0: he saves himself too because Right, but
1: he's stuck there but he saves himself.
0: Right. And that's like I don't think that's a solvable time paradox. And I you know, horror movies are the one things I don't really like it's not hard sci-fi.
1: No, but I mean there are things that I have done that have been done I'm going to say it again, Triangle for example, mm-hmm. that it makes sense it's
0: both a horror film and it also i think stands up to kind of some kind of scrutiny where i'm right. not sure you the- can't
1: just say like oh it's a time thing it's a it's an interdimensional thing and just point at that as a way to excuse behavior but when you can use that to your benefit and make it make sense then it's a that's an incredible story because if trevor nope that's not his name trevor travis I don't boyfriend know. the, the boyfriend, boyfriend yeah if he stays there then none of this happens. Them ge- them never coming in, that doesn't happen because he was already there and th- that's a thing that's locked into time forever.
0: Yeah. I, d- I don't know. Um, it just
1: seems like there needs to be a logical explanation at the end of the day.
0: Is this Blackstone a meteorite? Is it an alien thing? Is it an Indian artifact?
1: Well, that's why I wanted to ask you is you're pretty steeped in the Stephen king averse. Am I? And yeah, you said as much on the IT podcast. That there is some sort of greater grand theory about
0: oh, right. aliens
1: coming in and a.
0: Yeah. Like they've got like a cosmology where there's like a, you know, the the, dead the, the, this and all cosmic that. turtle and you've got the deadlights and then you've got like a, a godhood above that, et cetera. Okay. Sure.
1: Is there any explanation that you can think of? Oh, now? Right. Cause
0: this, so that's the thing we didn't mention is this is a collaboration by Stephen King and Joe Dirt. What's this what it's not Joe Dirt it's what
1: Joe Hill
0: I said Joe Chill That's because that's, I I that, that's the name of the guy who I think kills uh Batman's parents canonically Anyway this was a collaboration they son. wrote this they wrote this story together Stephen yeah. King and his son wrote the story together You're, Yeah and I, I forgot about that in my analysis Um I don't know I don't know maybe this is some kind of thing cuz like I felt like it was an alien thing but then there's these grass-headed demons but I think they're actually like Native Americans that are wearing some kind of grass mask.
1: No, they... S- and that these were like
0: the original people that kind of fell into the, the, the leaves, or yeah. the, the grass, the tall grass.
1: Maybe. Maybe they originally sacrificed themselves for mm-hmm. a better harvest or something mm-hmm. like that. But they... Um- they seem like they seem like really spooky grass demons that were very, yeah, uh, reminiscent of Guillermo del Toro's type mm. of imaginations. Because you think it's a mask until at one point they turn their head and you can see it coming out of their neck, and mm. it's like, is that actually a demon? Is it just their imagination because they're dehydrated? The, plus, and there's dying? a lot of there's a
0: lot of trippy visuals going on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. What I was... does the
1: rock st- show you? Would you touch the rock? <sighs> Because I think I would have under that amount of pressure just to know.
0: Yeah. Like once I saw my own dead corpse, I'm like, okay, I'm touching a rock. Fuck it.
1: And also it would have been great if they would showed us that Travis or Trevor, what the boyfriend's name is, if he had had some sort of inner strength that he brought into this that made him be able to resist the magic that drives Yeah, we you never insane. saw the
0: dad touch it in the first place we don't know like how long he like did you lose your humanity immediately to become a servant of the field the grass field immediately i i, I don't know mm-hmm. um there's also I feel like this movie is so close to being great because there's some amazing visuals like when you there's a couple points where they go from a really high perspective and you see this field field like violently shaking and sometimes it's just kind of swaying in the, the wind and sometimes it's like pulsing and moving but it never looks like anything but a grass field and it's kind of amazing how kinetic they were able to get it with the special effects there's a lot of really interesting things where you see like reflections and crow's eyes and like corpses eyes and stuff Um But then there's a couple of special effects and a couple like there's a lot of like this is just shot on a green screen and anytime and it it works amazingly when they're in the grass. But when there there's a couple locations where they get to that, like you said, bowling alley factory thing uh, where you can tell that this is a like day for night shot green screen thing and it doesn't look great. And I also think the castings Patrick Wilson's amazing. I thought the sister is is. really good. Mm -hmm. I thought the boyfriend and brother are terrible. I don't even think we saw the mom and the little boy is fine. He's he's a creepy little boy and he's good at being a creepy little boy.
1: Right. He seemed much cuter, but also menacing at the same time in yeah. a silent hill or but, shining type of way. But one, when he was dirty in the yeah. field and not as much when he was pre all of this.
0: Yeah. And maybe eventually turn into a grass demon after your clothes rots away and all that kind of stuff. But I, I thought that the... Uh, the boyfriend was just really tapioca and the brother is you have to be afraid of him at a certain point in the film. Mm-hmm. And I never was like, I literally thought his sister could just grab him by the face and shove him down.
1: Right. It seemed like the biggest fear was that she called herself in the past and said, beware of your own brother. Right. That was the biggest threat but it's that all he posed. Gar- yeah. Yeah. And the and when they were safe and really needed each other to survive, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he drops the ex boyfriend off a building, only two stories, into a bag of, uh, gently used, bowling <laughs> shoes. Yeah, yeah, so it was yeah. So it's nice yeah. and soft, cushy uh-huh, landing. Uh-huh.
0: And there's this weird. So, they, so I think this film was fine for what it was, but then they went to like the the little bit higher shelf of horror that they were entitled to. Like, there's a psychosexual ritual where I think Patrick Wilson might have raped the pregnant woman. Either way, she's forced to give birth through this really weird alien. It's really actually a cool shot of, like, the earth opening up. And you see, like, this just just a m- impressive array of corpses that you get that this this has been sacrificed as this field over long. One of the really cool things is, like, in the par- church parking lot, you see a bunch of cars yeah, from no, all different before eras. Before you move away
1: to the car era thing. I want to talk about this psychosexual. Yeah, well, I was just saying,
0: just showing like how like they showed that this is like an ancient process, and like right. you keep coming back to situations like, oh my god, look at all these cars are from different areas, and you start to realize, and then when the Earth opens up and it's like goes back to like almost Paleolithic times, it seems. But they delivered this baby, and then I've seen some babies being butchered in horror. There was a memorable one in like season two of Penny Dreadful that was pretty gross. There right. was a memorable one in The Witch. They do a baby This could have been butcher- like
1: a Rosemary's Baby type of thing, where you give you've they have been doing this cycle over and over, mm-hmm. so that you'll produce the best iteration of this baby yeah, to be whatever. given to the grass demons.
0: But but my point is like I just felt like this movie didn't earn a baby butchering and cannibalization by the mother moment. No. And I thought no. when actually I didn't think I'm like I was shocked and like when it was happening I'm like oh he's actually just feeding her grass. Or maybe like like it's going to be something besides what they want me to believe. But no, he's just butchering the baby and feeding it to no, her. No, there's like,
1: no amount of postpartum depression that will make you think that eating human flesh tastes anything other than but, that. But
0: obviously, it's like. But, but again, it's like they didn't sell the, the the the. I haven't read the original story. They, they didn't sell the central premise enough to make me believe that anything mm-hmm. like that was something that would happen or was warranted or was earned. Like or that
1: had happened in the past, even.
0: Yeah, there wasn't any real tension building up to that. That's I I, I so. This again this film is very very close to being very good and very scary. As it is, it's a very flawed premise with some genuine chills and thrills and some amazing visuals. Mm-hmm. Um and it's not too long, it's not too short. It doesn't stay it's overstays its welcome. Is there anything else more that we want to No, I, I have no I answers. It... I have no answers for anything that actually happens uh in this movie.
1: Right. Uh, that, I that... don't want to watch
0: it again to figure it out.
1: No, I think it was a great Use of my time. I don't regret watching Mm -hmm. this movie at all. I just have a lot of questions. And I think most of my questions come from the adaptation from written works to film adaptations. Right. Stephen King fails a lot. He succeeds a lot also. And I'm saying Stephen King is a placeholder for whoever's making movies out of his books. Yeah.
0: The person writing the screenplay.
1: Right. He had this grand unified theory about his books that may or may not have come before he ever started writing the books. Mm Mm-hmm but I feel like a lot of these questions that need answers are there in the text and they're not exactly good to, or great to film like the, uh, like the multiple generations of cars. Like you said, Mm -hmm. like that's a thing that should have had, like if, Also, if if Patrick Wilson and his wife and child had been from the 50s and that it had been this long since another family came along, would that make more sense to you? Because it would for me.
0: Because also I, I get I got the feeling that that Patrick Wilson's family was from maybe the 80s or 70s. Yeah. Um, until a
1: flashback on a cell phone in a modern car
0: right yeah 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 Yeah. okay I forgot but you know that.
1: there's this book revival it,
0: the, we should have seen some other like like a better adaptation would have had like maybe one or two other generations you bump in like exactly c- see us uh, a civil war guy or a revolutionary war guy or something
1: that's what i'm saying one of the more recent books he put end, out
0: called revival uh-huh.
1: seems like it had like it was going to tie into here loosely for a netflix adaptation but with a church and the way that tobin again spoilers the way that tobin reappeared in the center box i don't Uh, know church terms if there's a word for this room but tobin reappeared in the center in this locked room and came back out that's Mm -hmm. very Mm revival-esque and i thought they would sort of you know mix these things together to make more sense but again i thought it was fun the the concept of being in really tall grass is super scary they did it in signs mm-hmm. they do it every year in the midwest
0: <laughs> yeah yeah like it's that that's there's a reason why like corn mazes are very popular because mm-hmm. it is entirely possible to get really lo- good and lost in them
1: mm-hmm. but uh, that's that's all i've got
0: uh okay so let's talk about uh our our classic one that we watched sleep away camp 1983 uh this film is straight up Mystery Science Theater 3000. There are a couple of good kills and some chills that way. Um, and there's a couple other things to recommend about this movie. But I got to say that you need to know before you consider watching this that the final reveal it could be considered a hate crime
1: yeah, I mean, here's uh, the thing. If you're listening to this review, you've either already watched it or you're glutton for punishment. But here come the spoilers. If you skipped ahead to here,
0: yeah. They're like, out of nowhere, this movie, even for its time, like, is pretty homophobic and transphobic. Um, but I read a lot of different takes from different, you know, people who are, uh queer or especially trans uh, trans uh, people themselves and like the opinions on the final reveal of this is kind of all over the place but i thought maybe we could save that till the end and just talk about the movie because the movie is fucking nuts
1: yeah i I just want to address that point real quick yeah you and i are also covering american horror story 1984 yep their ninth season yeah and we were told beforehand or we got the impression beforehand that this sleepaway camp Had a lot of the DNA that this season's going to have.
0: This movie is American Horror Story 1984's mother. And I think the movie Halloween is its father.
1: Exactly. So we weren't prepared for any kind of phobias. I guess I was prepared for more. um,
0: I mean, I was prepared for anything like in mid 80s kind of stuff. But like the end was just like. Phobias. The end was like jaw on the floor dropped like what. And, and, and actually and it took me a while of like really unpacking all of the layered of fucked up that the last act of this of this film un- unveils mm-hmm. are you with me do you want to just like talk about yes. the, like the stupid shit yeah. or the weird shit first uh i had a whole bunch of things where it's just like essentially a setup like the boat so, so the beginning of this film okay one of the reasons this film is good is because it stars real children like, this isn't a bunch of 25 year olds playing 17 year old camp counselors at Crystal Lake camp. Uh, this is like actually anywhere from 11 to 15 year olds with a couple 17 or 18 year olds thrown in as camp counselors, but like they're getting kind of natural, believable mm-hmm. child performances. Yeah, it's also aren't... the film's biggest weakness, because you also get a bunch of bullshit kids that don't know how the, 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 how they're acting, too.
1: Right, yeah, exactly that. There are some, like this Ricky, the cousin, I love him. Mm-hmm. He's a believable, exactly his age type of kid, who's yep. just like, too much confidence for a single child. Exactly enough protectiveness for a child who has a cousin.
0: Oh, he's got like the the amount of swag this kid's got this is kid. is unbelievable.
1: Right. There there are there's a proprietor of the whole camp mm-hmm. who's going to fuck any 17-year-old who says they're going to come up to his bedroom one night mm-hmm. with uh, weird motivations for how or why any of these people got here. <laughs> but right. yeah, there's a lot of children who you can believe are mid-development. There's one child who's not quite a child who may have been a porn star casts
0: as a fourteen-year-old the twi- who quickly. The, the one twenty-five-year-old who's trying to pass as a twenty-five. <laughs> that's generous. <laughs> uh, so let, let, me, let let's 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 begin at the beginning. Uh, the 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 movie begins at this uh, campground, and there's a family that's sailing. Uh, significantly, there's two dads, and there's a there's a, a daughter and a son and uh, they capsize and they're kind of splashing in the water meanwhile there is a group of teenagers that are on a ski boat and they are pulling a girl who is kind of slightly out of control behind them as a skier Mm -hmm. and uh there's this thing where, for whatever reason, the people are not looking ahead and they're going to run over this family that's on a sailboat. And, like, the girl being towed is screaming, my God, you're going to hit them, turn the boat. And right, they're like, the girl
1: screaming distracts them from just dis- from swerving and out like, of the way. And they're like, what are you
0: saying? I understand. And this thing yeah. lasts for like five minutes. Then they hit the boat. They run over these kids and there's like this close up view of everyone looking on in horror and the girl screaming, get him out of the water. They're all going to die. Get him out of the water. As you like, hit both of you them. You hit both of them and there's like a dad. I think the dad's dead. One of the kids is dead and one of the kids is alive. Mm-hmm. They, d- I, I will say that like and that the- I'm s- telling you all this in the hindsight of seeing the whole movie mm-hmm. because they don't really make any of these relationships clear it's very like who the fuck are these where the fuck are we who is that guy how does he know this guy
1: right it's 1983 so we naturally assume that the man on shore was his assistant or business partner Mm -hmm. who's ready to conduct a business meeting or like
0: an uncle or something i don't know
1: yeah and but he also disappears later but in the scene they also show what appears to be a child flailing the surviving child mm-hmm. which is clearly the boy. Did you get this?
0: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Okay. Yeah. So then we cut away to sometime later and we get this mom who is a whack job. Like this feel this like feels like a mom who's taken a full bar of Xanax mm-hmm. and then dropped a tablet of acid because mm-hmm. she's very dreamy and spacey and she's got her son and he's got but his, also
1: fashion conscious
0: right and you know she's like, uh, she's like getting these kids together for the trip and like I don't this this, her son seems like very well put together uh, and like you know confident and sure but his mom's a, a lunatic and he's got this younger cousin who's been living with them forever I think
1: no they, they made it sound like she just came over for the summer
0: but what that doesn't make that doesn't jive with what we find out later in no the movie. it doesn't
1: I'm just uh, telling you what I think they're trying to say. Yeah. Uh,
0: so the, it's just very, and I, I just wrote down like this, this, this is a scene that goes on forever. Like they start up the upstairs and then they go downstairs and then there's like some kind of lunch and this mom's just being very weird. She has this very, Alice like,
1: in Wonderland dreaminess yes, and like, repetitiveness. Like I want to make sure
0: you pack all of your best clothes oh, because. Oh, that wouldn't be so good if you didn't. Oh, if we were late, that would be ever such a problem. And it's like, you know, this weird kind of like coked up Mary Poppins thing and like no got coked definitely barbiturates instead of like uh, yeah she's way too downers, high they're not, bringing her not down uppers yeah um then we go to the camp and uh if you've seen american horror story 1984 there is a guy who is essentially trevor he's just extremely yes. like good looking he's wearing short the shortest shorts the shortest sleeves he's fully jacked he's got long flowing hair uh and he's this guy is just like the fucking best he loves these kids. He takes care of these kids. Maybe, maybe. What are you talking about? Maybe this guy's true blue. I, I wa- was
1: waiting for the next thing you're about to say. He does in this scene. What does he do? He walks Angela back to the resident child. Molester. Okay,
0: that, that, okay. Uh, this isn't this, <laughs> like this. This this is so so. He's not the the girls' guidance counselor. There is a girls' guidance counselor, and she's a total bitch. We'll we'll get to know her a bit later. But yeah, so like Angela. There's 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 the two there's there's the the little boy or the 13 year old kid and her cu- his cousin Angela Nikki and Angela what Nikki? Nikki Nikki okay you got Nikki and Angela Angela is very quiet she's possibly prepubescent she hasn't developed as a woman and she's being thrown into this environment she's where quiet. huh she's shy she's she's quiet. shy she's quiet uh there's she's been thrown in this environment where there's 25 year olds posing as 15 year olds <laughs> uh. Can we talk about this, this... So, what's the name of this uh, lady? Sleepaway
1: Camp. Judy.
0: Judy. Can we talk about Judy?
1: How do you not remember her name?
0: I, fr- I just... I didn't get to that part. Fuck you, Aaron. <laughs> I forgot. I, got to, I didn't get to that part in, in the notes. This... Um, so like I said, we got like a 25-year-old, perhaps am, perhaps uh, uh, adult actor, and she's playing a 15-year-old who uh, uh, Nikki dated last year, and now she's like gotten breasts, and everybody's commenting on it. Mm-hmm. By the way, the strength of this movie is it uses real children, and they get natural performances. Mm-hmm. The weakness is it, they also write them to be like little hornballs like they are. And there's a lots of shots of, like, these girls who are developing breasts not wearing bras and these guys wearing, like, really short shorts and, like, they're clearly being sexualized. And it's kind of uncomfortable, but it's also kind of real, like... Right, I don't like, know. they
1: knew... I think while I... While we were watching this movie, I knew that the sexuality would be an important factor. I didn't know how much, but every time he brought it up to me, I was like, no, you're right to be concerned because I think this is a plot point in theme that they want you to be aware of but they're going to engage in in a meaningful way later
0: it's just weird because it's like imagine if like stranger things happened except for uh, 11 got other... tits this year Yeah, 11 was wearing a wet t-shirt in a couple of these scenes and like Mike was like you know a prop uh, like like uh, doing a Captain Morgan on a couch and you could see a little bit of his ball sack hanging out of his right. short 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 shorts but
1: also that happened and they're fucking. and it had nothing to do with the Demogorgons
0: right yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is just, this is just like the this, it just happened. It just happened. It's it's so um it's it's but let's talk about Judy. So Judy, for whatever reason, is just a prototypical mean girl and like montana from american horror story is is based on this character judy is
1: the prototypical mean girl she invented being a mean girl and i love her for it
0: yeah like so no like someone's ever
1: sold me this hard on being such a
0: bitch she and the lead camp counselor relentlessly bully angela for the rest of the movie and like every time someone calls her on it like and there's a very fair amount of people like a boy will come in and be like hey leave angela alone and she'll be like fuck you jimmy <laughs> and she looks so angry and then three seconds later she starts like kind of like maniacal joker laughing or and she... then three seconds later she starts sobbing
1: right or she wants to suck your dick or kiss you and suddenly you are aware that you're the only person in the world that's ever existed romantically for her uh-huh. she's doing an amazing job with her face and body or
0: just like her across the room glaring at someone and it's just withering. like this, this this bitchy smolder she's mm-hmm. got going it's fucking incredible and every single time the camera's on it she's doing the most she's like putting in the trifecta of performances uh inappropriate rage inappropriate laughter inappropriate sorrow and in almost every performance she gets mm-hmm. and i couldn't take my eyes off of her it's, it, it's just like what she's doing is fucking incredible yeah no
1: she appropriately deserves an oscar
0: um so there is a lot okay here's another thing i don't understand um There's a lot of like Top Gun Volleyball scene Homoeroticism Going on with these Boys Mm -hmm. But like I was trying to think of like Because I remember growing up Guys used to wear A lot shorter shorts Mm -hmm. And guys used to wear Tank tops And guys used to wear Shirts that bared Their midriff And I was watching this And I'm like I'm kind of jealous I have nice legs I wish I could wear Short shorts But like You would be laughed out Of any social situation If you showed up In those 1970s Like Basketball style Short shorts I would certainly be laughed out if I showed up with my midriff bear. Um, how. And these guys were all seen as like very. Ma- and I, was, I was wondering, like, is is was there a time in America where you could kind of dress like campy gay, but it still be very masculine? No,
1: I think exactly this time is. It's when like you Liberace
0: it. used to be seen as very masculine, right? Like. No. No. I don't think
1: so. I don't know. I man. think this is the time when people were wearing short shorts and midriff bearing things because that's just the technical way to sweat less move better be more effective at the sport yeah or maybe it's just more socially acceptable as a style and but- that absolutely was the case in that time i think they absolutely played it up more by like pseudo trevor's shorts were yeah. hiked up so they were really like hugging and defining his balls right. i think They all had crop tops and maybe cut them an inch higher. I think they played this sexuality up for a reason.
0: But it's weird because like there's like these guys try to get like a skinny dip uh, group together, but it's really just the guys. No one else gets in the water, so it's like so it's like this came three years before Top Gun. Top Gun, the homoerotic stuff was definitely in there, Mm -hmm. baked in, tongue in cheek. This felt like it's just like they didn't they weren't aware of how super fucking sexy they were being <laughs> no
1: like i said i think they were 100 aware of what they were trying to do mm-hmm. i just don't think they knew the unified message in each scene mm-hmm. when they did the thing
0: um so the next so the, there's the scene where uh Angel's getting bullied and sh- the trevor the 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 hunky camp counselor who's a really good guy <laughs> Uh, Mistakes her discomfort with her not being able to be happy with what she's being served. So there's this other scene like earlier on where the kids are coming by and like school buses and there's a guy in front of all the other camp workers openly lusting about the children that he's about to be able to perv on. Okay? And we're like, what the fuck? Five minutes later, Trevor is delivering Angela into this guy's hands and he takes her in the back freezer and he starts to try to like... Uh sexually assault her
1: molest
0: And some and it gets interrupted by her brother looking for Nikki, her. Or her cousin, cousin looking for her. Yeah. or and Ricky, I mean. So like I was saying before, they have this pattern where Angela will be bullied during the day and then later that day or night, uh these mysterious, you know, giant man hands will come and, and kill somebody. So like in the skinny dipping scene. Uh, there is a guy who took a girl he did she didn't want to go skinny dipping so he agreed to take her out in a boat but then as soon as he got her out in the water he tipped the boat over so she'd get wet it's a massive asshole for some reason he goes like the, the boat is upside down and he goes underneath the boat and like does that thing where indiana jones is in, in indiana jones 3 is hiding on you know out from the flaming rats or whatever shit's happening in the series yeah. of indiana jones and uh, a, a head floats in there and he's like, oh, it's you. And then the thing chokes him out and kills him again with these big, uh, uh, these big man hands. So then the next day they, 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 they find this kid's dead body and it's a super gross corpse. Uh, then someone else bu- bullies Angela and he goes to the bathroom and you see this knife get slid into the screen and mm-hmm. a unseen ser- set of hands like shoves a beehive through it.
1: No, they shake a stick with a beehive into the screened-in area.
0: Oh, and first the, the, the man hands went and like slid like a uh, some kind of branch or a stick or a metal rod through the, the, the bathroom door yeah. so they couldn't get out.
1: They locked the doors up, cut the screen so that they could slip something in, but that person couldn't get out. Mm-hmm. And die horribly. <laughs> yeah, Which is like the a door that only covers fifty percent of the floor to ceiling area. Not
0: only that, but it's like one of those like, you know, like if you were getting stung by dozens of bees, a bathroom stall is not going to stop you. Mm-hmm. Like you will just bash your way out of that thing, especially if you're a big, strong, uh, camp counselor type of dude. This guy can't fucking get out of it, and he gets stung to death. Right. And he looks like he goes into sudden onset anaphylactic shock. There's like open, like, like these bees are not only shooting full of venom, but they're shooting them full of hydrochloric acid as well.
1: Yeah. The instantly faster into giant wounds that just explode into craters on your skin. Yeah. He's hyper allergic, I assume, but we never got to know that.
0: Yeah. Uh, so like the next one victim is Judy, who we mentioned that we, uh, she's a really terrible person, but we love her performance. Um, she bullies Angela next and she gets uh, straight up punched in the face. And then while she's knocked unconscious of uh, these unseen man hands uh, molest her with a hot curling iron. Yeah. And it's pretty fucking gross. This is fucking horrible. And then we ra- went ra- round into the final reveal where they do this weird scene where because uh, Angela's gotten close to this boy and um. She's very uncomfortable. Like they, they, they make it clear that like she's uncomfortable with like showering around the other girls. She gets close to this boy and has a friendship, mm-hmm. but then he tries to put the moves on her. They then have this scene where, how would you describe this? Like she has this flashback where, before the boat accident, she and her brother walked in on their two dads having gay sex. Mm-hmm. Then they have this scene where the, what did you call it? The ET what was it ET something or other
1: Yeah, there's a scene of them giggling while they're watching their fathers have sex or mm-hmm. post pre coital whatever it is. And then they do this scene where the male figure of the two who might be twins, they didn't uh-huh. tell us but they're yeah. definitely brother they're and sister. Same age, yeah. Where the brother does this close in where his finger is pointing directly at her getting closer and closer as if they're telegraphing to us that this is not a yeah this is the brother and sister exploring each other sexually. sexually yeah so i wouldn't say it's a molestation if they're i mean maybe they're molesting each other i'm not exactly sure but, how but the they're, terminology they're, they're, works
0: they're, there they're co- they're they're coupling the witnessing their dad's having the gay sex with this kind of probably inappropriate sexual exploration right
1: it's not explicitly shown but has some damage has been done by seeing this happen yeah and th- what they Process that information into against each other,
0: and then the final scene is as Angela's being caught in mid murder. uh They they have all this kind of stuff, this these these weird images, and like when these brothers sisters doing the ET phone home sex scene, like the camera is whirling around their bed, yeah. and the boy's becoming the girl, and the girl's becoming the boy. And then there's also a cut to the crazy mom, and even though I think she was only there for the summer, she has this big thing of uh, saying you're going to be my little girl and you find out that this is actually not the sister it's the brother peter that survived it's been feminized by the mom and then it smash cuts to probably a 23 year old dude wearing an angela mask full-on naked holding a kitchen knife and making animal beast noises as people are saying oh my god it's not a girl it's a it's boy a boy And then it smacked. That's fade the black, right? It's so it's so bizarre of all
1: things because of one, they couldn't find a thinner, more effeminate man who was willing to be naked and wear that mask. Because
0: Angela is like a very like seems like she's a very pretty cis pre-pubescent, slightly pubescent girl. She
1: absolutely is. And I know there's a lot of men out there. Unless her hands are in
0: close-up and then she's got the hands of a 35-year-old truck driver. No, I'm
1: saying that there's a lot of Yeah, that's true. That's a fact. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of men out there who are thinner and more sinewy and have more feminine hands than Mm -hmm. this guy does. Mm -hmm. They have to do some dramatic lighting to make the hair extend beyond the nipples.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. To yeah. show
1: that it's, I don't know if there's tits there or not. We're yeah. not going to show you that. That'd be gross.
0: And he's covered, <laughs> the, the, the person's covered in blood, and but they've got a full-on penis. and
1: Full-on penis. So here's penis. the thing.
0: I definitely think that this is a transphobic movie because it's essentially my God, this is a you know uh, this is a woman uh, and she's got boy parts and there's, right. they're gone psychotic. Can you imagine me trying
1: to be a woman and what kind of damage like, that would cause? But also,
0: Angela's not a trans person angel is actually peter who's a little boy who's been abused by this person and forced to be a sex that he doesn't identify with which has caused mm. him all kinds of psychic strain and trauma and it's caused him to and that and witnessing his dads have gay sex and the sexual exploration they did with their sister has turned them into some psychosis thing so it's like Angela slash Peter's not a trans person, but they're. This is also transphobic because of all the like you know negative shit. It's also kind of homophobic because they're like seeing your dads have gay sex. Like, look, if you witness your parents having sex, I'm not saying it's the greatest thing in the world. I also don't think it's going to turn you into a, a fucking axe murdering uh psychopath. Um, but, <laughs> but it, the other thing is so I saw a trans writer say that the interesting thing about it is it accidentally makes a case for letting people transition because so Peter is being forced to live as a girl, which is analogous if like, you know, if someone was born Peter and actually want to transition to be a, a woman. Call um, it. If Peter was treated as a man, like allowed to be treated as the sex they identified with. They would have had the cool Trevor counselor, so they wouldn't have gotten molested by the fucking chef, uh, cook. Uh, they would have had uh, the cool Trevor instead of the bitch uh, bullying female mean girls thing. Like, like they they made this case by case. Like every single part of the movie wouldn't have been a problem if they'd have just been allowed to be the sex that they wanted to be.
1: That's interesting. Have you read or uh, researched at all the? creator of the movies no, or the writer of the movies intentions? Th- th- I didn't
0: make that that far. I was just, I just read just tons and tons of what people think contemporary or what, what, what people think like nowadays of this movie. Cause again, yeah, that's this is a very influential horror film, but like out, like I said, this, this last like five minute reveal completely changes everything you knew about the thing and it wasn't just like some weird little girl who's been bullied and is slashing out it's like there's deeper sexual problems and
1: right and that's true even today in america yeah as far as or i mean not just america the whole world as far as conceptualizing like gender and sexuality yeah but it seems like I guess I just instinctually misinterpreted it as being pro trans, uh, uh, transitioning and pro uh, bisexuality, it- any kind of sexuality you have, because Ryan Murphy and a lot of other horror writers draw some inspiration from this. Yeah. So I just assumed that the writer had a better intention that was misrepresented.
0: I don't think so. But I think it was, just, I don't think so it was just, just, just purely sensationalism, and like I, you know, I, I think you could maybe like try to find a gay or trans icon in here, some kind of subversive like. Uh, but because mm, the, the thing is, is like uh, it, it gets the rare movie to manage to be transphobic without actually featuring a trans person. Um, but the right. other thing is, the movie is imminently mystery science theater 3000-able. And there is some, like, really solid gore work. And the kids' performances are amazing uh, in their kind of, like, natural way. Um, And it's extremely influential on the horror film, uh, in the horror film genre. But Mm -hmm. it's also just, like, really fucking problematic on top of, like, just anything that you would have being problematic in the 80s.
1: Right. (sighs) I mean, it's a lot like the Nazis doing these experiments that taught us a lot about... (laughs) that how bodies work and how genetics work like nobody wants to see it happen but we learned a lot and can grow from it
0: did we but despite, what, despite what did not anyone having learn. blood on our hands yeah
1: we can know that this knowledge exists and it'd be irresponsible to not use it <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's the thing is like, i don't know what anyone would learn from spring break uh but sure yeah spring break i'm sorry sleep away camp <laughs> yeah spring I break there's the
1: nothing to learn from that see
0: i usually have a word or two that i get right i just completely crapped a bit on a that word or three yeah uh shall we talk about 2019's crawl crawl yes i had a lot of fun with this movie because i kept expecting it to be sharknado mm-hmm. uh what was
1: your first experience of this movie and trailers. oh yeah we or, saw right, trailers me I it. think you
0: can probably hear two or three bald movies where me and Jim are making fun of the trailer and yeah talking the about first it time being... I
1: saw the trailer it looks like garbage
0: like like Hurogator Gator cane, <laughs> right. you know like these guys that they live in they live in Florida they they this woman competes garbage competes on the Gainesburg, like, like a Miami, uh, university of what is it? Florida state. Is that, that's the Gators.
1: Uh, yeah. University of Florida. Whatever's headquartered out of
0: Gainesville there. She's on the swim team and she's got her father ba- played by Barry Pepper, Who's always saying like, you know, you're fast. And she was her, like, uh, he was her childhood coach and saying that she was always fast. She's an apex predator and he goes she's missing in school
1: now. And they're estranged for reasons.
0: Uh, cause their mom and dad got divorced and he has stopped responding to the phone and there's a hurricane coming and like, we're just making the jokes. Cause like, if you've seen like sharknado, if there's a six inch puddle in the ground, there's a shark coming out of mm-hmm. it. So like we kept on making jokes. Like every time she'd open a car door, like, gator. you know, just gator <laughs> jump, jumping out of there. She looks in a cupboard gator. gator. Uh, she turns on an, uh, a faucet in a, at a truck stock bathroom. Gator. G- <laughs> 30 to 50 gators at 70 GSI. GPI is just gonna be coming forcing through that, that, that faucet needing her but the thing is this isn't a sharknado no. this is a this this turns out to be um so, so she finds out her father has been secretly fixing up their childhood home because he was supposed to sell it in the divorce but he didn't have the heart to do it hmm. and he was doing some last minute kind of like hurricane proofing of this this house I think no he, I
1: think what they got was that she went over to his house that he should have lived at. Yeah. Left his dog there, who's wasn't Her expecting. Her dog,
0: too, I think.
1: No, uh, I don't think she's been she a part of this us for family for a him. while.
0: Yeah, but still.
1: Whatever, you're making excuses for this dog. <laughs> and the dog was there. There was a half-empty bottle of whiskey, and there were some other signs that were like, he was at his condo or whatever, hmm. and he went back over here half-drunk because he got... Uh, he got caught up in his memories and there's a hurricane coming.
0: Uh-huh. What sets the rest of the movie in motion is it turns out that he's down there in that uh, crawl space. He's been attacked by an alligator who's crawled in through some kind of flood relief pipe that's uh, that's installed into their basement. And there's a section of the house that that's inhabited
1: is... entirely by xenomorphs.
0: <laughs> there's a section of the house that is like, uh, on the other side of the wet wall it's got a whole bunch of tight fit pipes that the gate that the people can slip through but the gators can't um, he's been grievously wounded like one of his <laughs> grievously wounded one of his uh, legs has got a compound fracture mm-hmm. she finds him like this they're able to retreat to the side of the house that the, gate, that the gator can't get to and now uh, but there's no exit from this side of the house the levee, the the flood waters are rising in the crawl space underneath this house The levee is about to break and they're going to drown in here unless they can figure out a way to get out.
1: Yeah, that this movie shocked me and using such a small space to convey the very real paranoia of being stuck here Mm -hmm. and that there's this large predator. That could get you anywhere, but can't get you right here. So yeah. how the fuck do you get out?
0: And it's a, Be- it's it's never going to get tired. It's never going to get bored. It's this prehistoric killing machine. Hey,
1: wait, let me stop you right there. Now there's two.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> when they think there's... And then there's a couple... like I'm not going to say that there's a couple things I did not like about this movie. For mm-hmm. example, she loses herself. The, the gator first attacks her. She scrambles through the safe side of the house. She loses her phone over there. She like her she she keeps an eye on the one gator and she sneaks over there, grabs the phone. She makes a phone call from the gator side of the house.
1: Just right there. It's the so best place of reception.
0: You're you're asking to get gatored and she got gatored in the form of a second she gator. Now gatored. there's two gators. Two
1: gators and no stairs.
0: Um There's a couple other things I thought were a little dumb, like they make it the point that this dad has got a compound fracture of his leg, and he does this thing with a complicated series of belts and wrenches where he resets his compound fractured leg, and then they hope by the third act you've forgotten about this because he's just straight up walking around.
1: Right, but because in between these things, if you if you recall, uh-huh. he has a very surface, surface, maybe like one to two inch scratch on his, I'm not going to say scratch, wound on his uh, shoulder here uh-huh. that maybe hit an artery that made him bleed enough to put the handprints on the pipe but mm. also pass out with a compound fracture. Right. Before he gets a resetting his own compound fracture, she experiences the exact same fucking wounds. Yeah. A gator bites her by the shoulder and also bites her by the shin mm-hmm. and f- should have fucked her up. Mm-hmm. But maybe the gators are feeling more sympathetic after they bit him a few times.
0: But like he, he's got a leg that should be non-functional. No. She, she's got a leg that shouldn't be as functional. But right. she's like, this guy can walk. This woman can swim at Olympic levels. Um, but any
1: amount of wounds make you visually you can be or visually be seen. you can be smelled, you can be like heard. Right.
0: Well, yeah. like they show like there's um like every once in a while there'll be there's there's a group of looters that show up in a, a boat uh, across uh, there's a filling station across the street. They get violently attacked by gators and just completely wiped out. Um, they make it a point that like, you know, gators can hear very well underwater and they got a keen scent of smell, but like towards the end of the movie, Nothing really attracts them. Like it's like they're only attracted to the 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 girl and her father when it's dramatically appropriate. Mm-hmm. But there's a but but they also like the the third act is kind of ridiculous. Um and but but the first two acts are genuinely suspenseful. Mm-hmm. Like when they still like because the, the, the thing is like they maybe this film should is 50 minutes longer than it should be. It's mm-hmm. still a pretty tight like 98 minutes. But like there's only so many things you can do. With a crawl space and two gators and two wounded people in and it, and rising floodwaters, and they do all that. It's very, very tense, and then the movie keeps going on for fifteen more minutes, and it gets progressively more and more ridiculous. Right. And they make now the dad starts acting stupid. Yeah. Like,
1: some of the some of the gators' motivations make less sense. Like yep. they can break through stairs to get at you, but not this this flimsy pipe, which I would call flimsy if they attempted to get at it twice. Yeah. The dog frequently stands at the foot of the stairs barking to get their attention but the second an actual person a firefighter policeman sticks his
0: head over that hatch the dog's been barking the entire time the gator just monster trucks him
1: right the dog fine Mm -hmm. you know if halfway through that where that they had drawn the dog had drawn or the person the woman whose name i forget Mackenzie. did you say that i'm Uh, making that up She's, she's under, like, a trap door that's stuck by a table. If she, where she was standing and the dog was barking at, if that police officer had come over and pulled the table out of the way, mm.
0: story's over. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> so, I think the point where this movie jumps the, the gator is mm-hmm. where she <laughs> swims out through the drainage pipe. Uh-huh. And this drainage pri- pipe goes to, do you know the set on Princess Bride, the, the forbidden, the fire swamp? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a pipe that leads right to the fire swamp. It's some kind of uh, subterranean cavern. It's got like 18 foot of head space Mm -hmm. and it's the fucking fire swamp. How the fuck is this connected to his house with a
1: 40 foot pipe? Wait, so are you saying that space is between a person's house and the outside, which appears to also be above ground once the person swims through the drainage pipe? Yes. Okay, I have no well, idea where sure this, why I have a problem this, with this that.
0: Pla- Where where this place is supposed to be, it's also got like a massive nest of gators, which explains like why all the gators are like super fixated with the location. Right, but, like, which is
1: interesting because you show like baby gators coming out and maybe nipping, and you think that when she goes through the drainage pipes, they'll get her toes or her yeah. fingers or they'll pay off in some way, but they don't. Yeah. You just know
0: that there's more, or that that like this will like really trigger the mother's uh, nesting instinct mm-hmm. to like protect it, but like it's literally not important and. Everything that happens after she swims through the pipe is stupid. Um, Right.
1: There's even, they're stuck in the cellar with two gators. Yep. They kill one, Uh blind another. Mm -hmm. She gets into the antechamber. Another one comes in. She kills that one. Finds the
0: corpse of of a dead cop, grabs the gun. The gator swallows her arm (laughs) with the gun in it. And she just like starts. I forgot about that. Yeah. She starts, starts like firing the gun inside the gator, which of course kills it. Uh,
1: right, into its back somewhere, like, you gotta get, you gotta hit the brain,
0: girl. And then that's it. That's The movie is complete nonsense from there. The dad starts making stupid decisions. The dad is in safety with his g- a bum leg, but he's worried about his daughter, so he goes and puts himself in harm's way, which gets him attacked by the gator, which she has to then save, and then she has to be chased. And it's just like all this extra shit when you could have ended the movie 15 minutes ago, and I'd been like, fuck A-plus gator movie.
1: Yeah, and especially since... You know, the dad should have died three times over.
0: Mm-hmm. The oh, first yeah. time
1: when she found him, he should have had enough life left in him to express some specific and he could have necessary laid there information and, and
0: given her some advice and maybe banged on some pipes, but he should not have been mobile. Absolutely. By the end of this but, movie, he's just walking around. Right.
1: Once he gets mobile, he should have at least had some sort of importance to play later. He did yeah. not. No, he, he was... did, however, drown where he was saved again for no reason. And he gets taken. I mean,
0: that would have been the perfect place to end the movie right there. Like, mm-hmm. she brings him back to mm-hmm. life. The Coast Guard shows up, but they got to have a couple more stupid scenes. And then it gets a little, honestly, Sharknado y.
1: Right. We've all learned a lot. You know, the next generations will have a stronger sense of family. And we By the won't- way,
0: if you were having trouble making a swim team, because everything was about her needing this scholarship so she can keep going to school and but she's also like scrappy she's more scrappy than good so she's always just barely hanging on to that last spot in the swim team right
1: like her dad was a little he loved the older sister more even though she had an interest that he liked more a hobby that he was more invested in and she stops needing him as much but what she really needed was just him more to succeed
0: But what I'm saying is this is a bleak film because the dad loses her arm. She gets both of her, she gets her body mangled by the gator. There's no way she's going to be faster than this. Right. So is she going to lose her swimming skull? Is this the tale of this family being destroyed? That's
1: the point I'm getting at because there's a certain point where it requires her to swim faster than everything else. And it's trying to tell us that what she really needed was her father's approval more than anything to succeed.
0: Father's approval and her leg be lightly chomped. And then that's now she's like, maybe that's what it is. It's like, that's like the Tommy John surgery where it's like you blow out your elbow if you're a pitcher and they stitch together the cadaver, cadaver ligament. And now you can throw the ball even stronger. Like she got, she got the, she took steroids. She got the Gator John surgery where they just chomp her leg. That loosens up her tendon, (laughs) splays her feet. Now she's like Michael Phelps fast. Uh
1: Except she smokes less weed, I guess.
0: Yeah. This movie, again, much like Tall Grass, so close to being great. Um, It just slightly overstayed its welcome. Yeah.
1: We love... Well, I loved all of these three movies that we covered, but again, I feel like we're just sort of circling the drain towards getting to the perfect trilogy, not trilogy, the perfect threesome Mm -hmm. of horror movies that fancy or that tickle everyone's fancy. And can we do it next time?
0: We're going to try. We're going to try. We're going to do
1: Midsummer at least.
0: Yep. I got another, oh. I got another one that I wanted. I, I got a couple other ideas. We're going to, we're going to try to, we're going to try to tingle the spines. Yeah. Uh, at least as judged by Aaron and Cecily <laughs> with volume three of the cinematic or sorry, of the cinema spooktacular. The three. search for spook. Cinema Spectacular 3, search, search for Spook, Volume 3, uh, will be out October 30th, mm-hmm. the uh, eve of Halloween.
1: Hollow's mm-hmm. Eve. Hollow's
0: Eve. eve. Uh, and until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Cecily. See you later, alligator. <laughs>